Another big day in the Big 12, day two of Media Days in Arlington, Texas. We continue a pair of new head coaches stepping up to the podium today, including the new head man in Austin, Steve Sarkeesian. But oh no, what's happened here? The most famous hair in college football down for the count, at least for right now, Oklahoma State head coach Mike Gundy has lost the mullet. 2018, by the way, the last time we saw something like this happen. Here's the coach. I didn't really think it would be a big deal anymore, but um, I do get a lot of questions about it. But uh, we've had a lot of fun with it, and uh, I'm hoping that it'll, it'll still grow really fast and get back uh, by the end of the season. Happy to have you with us for day two of a new season here on College Football Live. Dusty Dvortek, Sam Acho are in Arlington, Texas. I'm Wendy Nix, and Andre Ware joins us shortly. And I think I can say, I'm double-checking here, guys, no mullets here either. So we are a mullet-free zone right now until – Yeah, we're good. Okay. All right, listen, in that case, while we wait on the new version of the mullet, we'll talk Texas. And in order to do that, we have to start at quarterback. Who will replace Sam Ellinger? The QB, of course, provided the most stability at starting quarterback for the Longhorns since the days of Vince Young and Colt McCoy. While the starting quarterback position may be unsettled, one that's not in doubt, the running back. Sophomore Bijan Robinson returns last season, setting a Texas record for yards per carry in a season 8.2. And then there's the new head man over the 40 acres, Steve Sarkeesian. Here's Chris Biden with the coach. Coach, you talk about the blueprint of having done this before. How is this time different taking over as a head coach of a program? Well, I think the biggest thing when you get into it is recognizing there's going to be bumps in the road. We've all got a plan. There's going to be bumps in the road. Recognizing there's the bump, we don't need to overreact. Let's just solve the issue and keep moving forward. And I think that that's one of the key components. And the other one is recognizing keeping the focus on the players and their development, their buy-in to what we're trying to get done. And that is something that I've really been impressed with with our team right now is the buy-in. You know, it's been an awesome transition. You know, Coach Sarkis is just a, you know, besides football, just a great dude. So just even having him, you know, in our presence and just talking to us as a team and just as players and as men, you know, we, we respect him a lot for that. And, you know, it changes our team with the culture and just the culture is just a lot different than, you know, I, I – I, I, I don't know what it used to be, but, but I, well, how, as, as I've been here, it's been, you know, great to be a part of him. Andre Ware joins us now. And, Andre, you heard Coach Sarkeesian say he'd like to keep the focus on the players. So let's do that for just a minute and talk specifics. Who steps in, steps up for this Texas Longhorns team? Well, I think it's got to be at the quarterback position, Wendy. Casey Thompson seems to have a lead in that competition coming out of the spring. The, the, the entire roster, they really rally around him. They played for him in the spring, really react to, to the way he is as a leader. 70% last year in limited duty. He threw six touchdown passes without an interception, set a bowl game record with four touchdown passes in that game. And, and Hudson Card is obviously competing with Casey Thompson. He has, he has fantastic arm talent. So this is going to be a fantastic competition to watch as we get into 2021 for the Longhorns. But if they're going to turn, they're going to turn the corner. It's going to be at the quarterback position. Consistency after Sam Ellinger. It all has to do with Steve Sarkeesian. Yes, you need a good quarterback. Yes, you've got a great running back. Yes, you've got a building defense. But it's all about the head coach, and especially at a school like the University of Texas 
which annually grosses, it's the richest school in the nation. And so I have a friend who always says, hey, follow the money. There's a lot of pressure with that money. There are people who are pulling at you. And so it's gotta be with Steve Sarkeesian hands down. He's coached great quarterbacks in his past. He's led them to successful seasons, setting records either number one or number two for their schools. And I think he will do that once again. Speaking of money, I see it with that green suit, Had Sam, to show looking the, hey, good. It's the money suit. It's the money suit. <laughs> hey, of course, the, you're going to talk offense. And to me, it's about the defense. Look, last year, Texas averaged over 42 points a game. It was defensively where they had their struggles. Insert Pete Kwiatkowski coming from Washington. And the numbers his defense has put up there over a seven-year span were stellar. Led the entire Pac-12 in points per game, as well as yards per game, second and third down. Steve Sarkeesian wants a disruptive front that's going to create negative plays, Ball Hawks that are going to take the ball away, and a defense is going to keep offenses out of the end zone. That's what he gets with Pete Kwiatkowski. And he's got a defensive line starting with sophomore Alfred Collins that I think has got a chance to be much improved. That front will pave the way for DeMarvin Overshone and that defense to step up. If Texas is going to be much improved this year, it needs to be on the defensive side with the addition of Pete Kwiatkowski. You know, it's interesting. That all makes sense. As much as we try to talk about this team without talking about the head coach, you just can't help yourself because that is a storyline. I mean, let's face it. The whole country's looking at this program and what Sarkeesian might do. So I, I will ask this. Uh, Andre, I'll start with you. You know, what, what is success in year one? Because we know you build a program, although he comes in with a lot of pieces in place. What is a year one success story for Steve Sarkeesian in this Longhorns program? Yeah, a lot that uh, that play close attention to the program are going to say, hey, it's beat Oklahoma, get us in contention for a Big 12 title. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think 9, 10, you know, 11 win season without the Oklahoma win is a successful season for Steve Sarkeesian. When you look at it in its, in its, in its total totality, it's just get Texas back winning first. Then you attack the bully on the block, which is obviously Oklahoma. So take care of the things first. They may be close to Oklahoma. Who knows? You know, Oklahoma dropped two games last year. So he gets close this year or to Iowa State and wins the rest of them. I deem that a successful year for Texas. I hate ever putting numbers on wins for a coach in their first year, but this is what we're doing here. It's nine wins for me. He needs to win nine going into a bowl game with a chance to win ten. How about this? The great Texas Longhorns have had one ten-win season in the last ten years. If he can get to nine in the regular season – with a chance to win 10, that's success, and that's something that Longhorn fans will be fired up and excited about heading into year two. Yeah, if Texas wants to be successful, you have to beat Oklahoma not once, but twice. Ooh, that's real okay. success. Okay. Andre talked about the bully on the block. I remember growing up, I'm a big brother. I got a little brother. If anybody was picking on my little brother, you'd have to come and see me. Right, So you got to beat the bully on the block. And Oklahoma is the bully of the Big 12. So beat him in the regular season. And obviously, if you're going to beat him twice, that means you're showing up again in the Big 12 championship. Not just one win, but two wins against Oklahoma for Steve Sarkeesian. Well, set, set a different way. As we said yesterday, you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And if you weren't with us, whether you're talking about FPI or you're talking about uh, the media selections, Oklahoma clearly the heavy favorite in this conference for a sixth straight year. Uh, so we shall see. Still to come on college football as we continue from Big 12 Media Days in Arlington, Texas. Who is the top quarterback in the conference? We'll talk big arms in the Big 12 when we come back. The answer may surprise you. And there are answers, and then there's what you really mean. We translate for some of our coaches who delivered the party line when maybe there was more. College football now 
just around the corner. No bigger sign than this. Big 12 Media Days at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, a.k.a. Jerry World. But it's some big names in the Big 12 we're talking about this week. Earlier, we heard from Steve Sarkeesian. He enters his first season as the new head coach at Texas. Dave Aranda will be starting year number two at Baylor. But don't forget the other first-year head coach in the conference, Lance Leipold. He takes over at Kansas. Our expectation is it will be very similar to other places that we've been, is that we're going to expect and, uh, and want our players to uh, continue to work on daily improvement. Um, we have to be a, a program that's going to take care of the finer points of the game and, and, uh, and, and continue to build consistency and confidence in, in, in each and everything that we do. Leipold takes over a program that, aside from a stretch in the mid to late 2000s, hasn't had a whole lot to cheer about. Since the Big 12 began play in 96, no team in the conference has a lower winning percentage than does Kansas, which has finished at or above 500 just four times during that time. And that includes the 07 team, which went 12 and 1, though, and did win the Orange Bowl. There's a lot of questions about the culture, about the future of this program. Sam, uh, what can we expect from Lance Leipold? Well, you can expect the three C's from Lance Leipold. You're going to see culture. You're going to see competition and consistency. So I was in Buffalo two years ago in 2019. I was with the Bills for a bit. I got released from the Bills. I was looking for a place to train. And all of a sudden, I went to a team chapel of the Buffalo Bulls, the college football team. The coach, Lance Leipold, met me and said, hey, come train with our guys. And so I spent an entire season with that team. And I saw culture firsthand. Not only did Lance Leipold lead his Division III team to an 106 record and six national titles, yes, he was the fastest coach to reach 100 wins, but he also led the Buffalo Bulls to three consecutive bowl games and a 10-win season. And so, yes, it's going to take time. We are going to see the three Cs. Culture, I saw that firsthand. Consistency, the way those guys grind, and competition. They will compete every single yeah, Sam, and, and how does that play out on the field for Kansas? Well, you go back to Buffalo, and he's a proven winner. I love ha having coaches get jobs where they've done more with less, and then all of a sudden they get these flashy new toys, and that being a, a power five job at Kansas like Coach uh, Leipold has, and then they do it there as well. So this will be fun to watch, but how do they do it on the field? Well, last year they led the, the, the nation in sacks given up. Or, or sacks allowed, and then they came back and was second in the nation in rushing. So that's the consistency part that you talked about. Give them time at Kansas. This will be a fun program in a couple of years for winning. He's won 146 games as a head coach. The man knows how to coach football. He knows how to develop talent. He will do that at Kansas. He, he certainly will. And what you have to have here is a little bit of patience, which in college football, any any yes. level of football, you know, is not always <laughs> the most common attribute. But you know what? Let's give this program and this coach some time. We switch gears now. Go back to Oklahoma State. We showed you the mullet, or I should say the lack thereof. We're going to talk a little bit about the quarterback, Spencer Sanders, who enters his third year, fourth year in the program, his third year as the quarterback of the Cowboys. And you can tell you what, they're going to want to throw early and often. 14 touchdowns, eight picks last season. That's something they'd like to see improve. And head coach Mike Gundy thinks that's exactly what they will see, some change this season. We've been very impressed and excited about Spencer's development. My personal opinion is last year the spring ball that he missed and summer conditioning 
because of COVID uh, set him back. And I feel like that the two months that we watched him over spring ball, he's developed more than he has in two years. Listen, Sam, uh, you play for Mike Gundy, you got to throw the football. That, that we know. Of course, quarterbacks want to do that. You agree that we'll see some, some, some significant change from the quarterback? Yeah, you will. You'll see Spencer, Spencer Sanders shine. But who I'm most excited about is a dude named Max Duggan at TCU. Everybody knows the song, My Dougie. My Dougie, My Duggan. <laughs> Call him My Duggan because this dude is going to make plays. Yes, he's a quarterback, and quarterbacks are known for throwing the ball. But look at this guy's rushing stats. He can run the ball. I talked to him yesterday at Big 12 Media Day. This dude knows how to win, and that's what you're going to see from Max Duggan this season. Well, another winner, Sam is at Iowa State and Brock Purdy. And, you know, if you, as a quarterback from having played that position, if you beat me, especially late in the game in a big – late in the season in a big game, I spend the entire offseason going over film clips, how to get back at Oklahoma if I'm Brock Purdy. I expect that from him. I expect this game to really uh, elevate this year. Over 9,000 career yards passing, 62 touchdown passes. He is a winner as well, my man. He's 22-11 and 11 in his time in Ames, and, and I expect big, big things from Brock Purdy this season in Iowa State. Andre, keep it quick. A yes or no answer. Is he the quarterback you take in the Big 12 other than Spencer Rattler if you have to take one? Absolutely. Okay. Yes, yeah. Wendy. Okay. <laughs> yes, Absolutely is a, is a fair choice as well. Andre, uh, thanks for being with us. We look forward to a great season. We'll see a lot more Thank of you, you for sure. All right, fellas who are in Arlington, all right, you know what? You know this. You both played. You know coaches don't always say exactly what they mean. We can't, by the way, we can't blame them. you, you got to play your cards, right? But we're going to help out with a little segment we called What They Really Meant, okay? We're a little translation, if you will. <laughs> and uh, we'll start with Coach Lincoln Riley. Here's what he had to say about Oklahoma dominating the Big 12, and then we'll translate. Uh, certainly good to, to see everybody back here in uh, in Arlington. Good good to be back in uh, uh, our second home here. And do you want your players to think that y'all just own this conference? <laughs> we could go a lot of ways with that one. We have a lot of respect for this league. We have a lot of respect for what it takes to win this league. And it's not, I think a lot of times on the outside, it's people just think it's a given. And it's anybody that thinks that doesn't know college football. You know, they, they, they haven't been inside the ropes. They don't understand it. It, it is it, it takes so much and it's so hard. And there's everybody's a good coach and everybody has good players. All right. So I, that, the, the non answer answer. And, and again, you can't blame what, what he really mean, guys. What he meant was what you said. They're the biggest bully on the block, <laughs> right? And that's what he meant because it was a super flex on the entire league. His second super home, flex. here's like the it. deal. It ain't bragging. All he's doing is telling the truth because in his four years as head coach, he's been here four straight times. And as you mentioned, Wendy, they're picked to win it yet again, a seventh straight season. So it ain't bragging if you can back it up, Sam. Hey, I want y'all, speaking of backing it up, I want y'all to peep his facial expressions. If you're watching at home, press that rewind button and go watch Lincoln Riley's facial expressions on that second question. He said, it could go a couple different ways, <laughs> i.e., I run this, i.e., I run this. And so what he really meant to say was, hey, I run this conference, we run this conference, and every single one of my players believe it. Listen, I've always said we should do a show where we all say what we really think. I mean, it would be the last show, I get it, but, you know, it would be fun <laughs> for a hot minute. Here, here's one more with Chris Kleeman, and then we'll translate again. 
I've got so much respect for, for Lincoln and his staff and his team, uh, and they're a great, great team, and they deserve to be on top uh, because of their body of work. It's not a one-game season. It's a body of work, and Lincoln and Oklahoma have proven that year in and year out, uh, that they're the elite team uh, in our conference. The question in that case, guys, you didn't hear the question, but the question was, do you own Oklahoma? Okay, that, that was his answer uh, because there's been some success there. What do you really mean? Well, he's 2-0 against Lincoln Riley. Give him props, man. The man has done his job and done it well. But that right there, he's not trying to make them mad. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, he sir. knows that bear is awake, and he's not trying to poke the bear. You don't want to poke the bear, Wendy. Never poke the bear when that is a bad bear in front of him. Chris Kleiman knows the best way for Kansas State and him to get that third victory against Oklahoma is to sneak up on them and not let them know they're coming. No reason to wake a bear that's already mad. Hey, Wendy, I don't know if you've ever been, like, set up, like had a setup question, right? We were sitting here listening. It was a setup question. Do you all own OU? There was no questions <laughs> asked. He was not going to fall for the setup. So he meant exactly what he said. No, give OU their props. I'm not about to sit here and give them some bulletin board material we're not about to wake up this sleeping giant, better yet, this giant that is wide awake, that's Whoa. won the Big 12 the last six years. No, sir, you are not setting me up. I'm telling you exactly what I mean today. Listen, you can file that in or not his first rodeo. He knows better than that, <laughs> and you're right. That, that, that giant isn't sleeping. It is wide awake. Uh, another bit of news to come out of the Big 12 today, although it's something that comes up, I think, every year this time of year, and that is uh, taunting. It will be a, a priority, a point of emphasis, actually, they call it, for the league. Uh, what we did learn today is that includes the horns down symbol. And if you do it, if a player does it to a player, if it's directed on the field, uh, they say you will likely be penalized. Uh, and, uh, you know, that will be a penalty because it is considered taunting, guys. Uh, player to player. So I, and they said maybe not if you do it to the stands, but player to player it will be. What, what, about, what about commentator to commentator? I mean, can I, mean, I, can like, I hit you with this? It hurt, it hurt, I will say this, right? It, it hurts my heart. It hurts my heart. Y'all know I played a little bit in Texas. It hurts my heart. But my, my deal is this. When you're on the field, you have to win the game. If you don't want people to taunt you or to make fun of you or to laugh at you, just win. Simple as that. Don't give up any touchdowns. Win the game, and you'll be A-OK. -okay. My biggest thing is, as a player, we used to always hit them with the horns down, but I had no idea to actually upset the players. And, like, to me, if you're going to get in someone's face and put the horns down and taunt them, I don't like taunting. Don't show up your opponent. But if you're celebrating, if you're in the fans with or you're on your own sideline celebrating with your teammates, you should be able to put the horns up, put the horns down, do whatever you want. There's an F in football and there's an F in fun, man. Let's have some fun the, out there. And the best thing I would say, and the best flex, you talk about super flex, the best super flex I ever had was someone pointing at the scoreboard. I was playing Earl Thomas in Arizona. He was playing for Seattle. We were down 56-3. to three. I was trying to talk about my production. He literally pointed up at the scoreboard. I had nothing else to say. Say no more. Not at, not at 56 to 3. And Dusty, come on. What do you think? They like the horns down? <laughs> I, mean, I didn't know it like really oh, upset okay. them and like they couldn't <laughs> sleep at night, Wendy. I mean, they don't mind putting the horns up in All everyone right. else's face. You That's know what fair. I mean? there, there's no crying in football. We're, we're not going to start today. That's for sure. I, I tell you what we are going to do, uh, Dusty, is talk a little defense. Those defensive players need some love, too. We got Dusty's dudes. And who are they? Their names to know on the defensive side of the ball in the Big 12 coming up. Our next UFC Fight Night comes your way Saturday from the Apex in Las Vegas with another stacked card highlighted by the lightweight main event. Prelims at 7 Eastern, the main card at 10 ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN+. Plus.
All right, Dusty, who better? We need some Dusty dudes. Let's talk defense, shall we? Uh, the big names in the Big 12. That's right, Wendy. And look, this is turning into a defensive league. Let's start in Baylor. Terrell Bernard, ball-playing linebacker that they have. He got hurt last year after five games. Average 11 tackles per game. What I love about him, he's got game speed. Flies around the football field, naturally instinctive, always where he's supposed to be. I think his eyes are great when you watch his tape. He can read and diagnose blocking schemes as good as anybody. Going to have a breakout senior year for the Baylor Bears. Then at Oklahoma, how about the defensive line, the nose tackle, Perrion Winfrey. First step explosive to six foot three, 290, and he is going to be extremely difficult for centers and guards to deal with all year. Remember, and now it's great to see there's pre-snap, post-snap movement, and then a lot of slanting and stunting, penetration, disruption, a lot of tackles for loss, a lot of productivity for Perrion Winfrey in 2021. Mike Rose uh, from Iowa State, this guy is a flat-out ball player. He's been there for three years, 38 starts under his belt, 6'4", 250. Not only is he a great tackler, five interceptions shows that that length and understanding of defense makes him a potent defender in coverage as well. Mike Rose, the reigning Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. Get to know him, ladies and gentlemen. One of the best defenders in all of college football. Well, those names have college quarterbacks in the Big 12 shuddering as you speak. A big week, by the way. Next week, College Football Live back all week long, Monday through Friday. Monday through Thursday, it's the SEC. They go to work in Hoover, Alabama, including, of course, the reigning national champions, Nick Saban, starting his 15th season. The ACC stepping up to the plate Wednesday and Thursday from Charlotte. The Sun Belt on Thursday, and then we got the Big Ten rounding out the week Thursday and Friday. College Football Live every day next week, 4 o'clock Eastern. We will see you there. Have a great day, everybody. We're back on Monday.